Good afternoon and oh welcome to the council. I'm your host, Charlie Pacello, and we have got a fantastic, fantastic show for you today. I cannot wait to introduce you to my guest. But first off, we need to thank KUHS Denver, uh, the studio here. It has been such an honor and a privilege to be broadcasting live and broadcasting the council to all of you out here in Denver, Colorado, uh, all across the nation and all across the world. We are being listened to by so many different people from so many different countries. It is an honor and a privilege. I can't tell you without you, this the show wouldn't be possible. So I, uh, I really thank you for uh, trusting in uh, in the quality and the content of the programs uh, that we bring here on KUHS Denver. Uh, quick announcement: I have a uh, a new book, my first book that uh, I've brought out into the world. I, it's called Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age, and it's going to be available on bookbaby.com on July 10th. That's uh, coming up in just a couple couple weeks, and also on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, all, um, uh, other something in Taylor. It's going to be available in 170 different countries. So please, if you're interested in it, it's, it's like a self-help book for the soul. And you're going to come and uh, meet with some of the great masters of this period in human history called, <clears throat> excuse me, the Axial Age. And it was this time when all this upheaval and trauma and violence was happening. And these poets and philosophers and uh, spiritual masters and sages and people were trying to see how can we, how can we draw people back to, to themselves. <clears throat> and they're coming basically to the same conclusions that even though they had no contact with each other, they were coming back to this sense, we've got to heal the soul. The souls, our souls are sick. And you're going to sit with some six of them, Socrates, Ezekiel, the Greek playwrights, the Buddha, uh, the mystics of the Upanishads, and Lao Tzu. And so I think you'll find it uh, immensely beneficial. I hope you like it. Uh, very excited about it. So again, it's Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age. Today's show, we're going to be focusing on energy healing. Now, what is energy healing? It's uh, this all this new understanding about energy comes before matter, and this was something that was inaugurated uh, during the when we when we exploded the nuclear weapon. It, all of a sudden, we changed the whole understanding of, of physics and energy and matter, and everything changed. We recognized that energy came before matter. And that all our sciences needed to be changed. And even though they weren't updated in our school books, this understanding came about. And as we've gone into quantum physics, for those of you who are interested in quantum physics, we went down deep into the subatomic level, trying to understand what was going on inside of our skin, inside of our cells, and looking down there. And they would penetrate all the way down into the cells, and they'd look at the atoms themselves, and then they'd go farther and farther. And what they would find was that 99.99% of us at the atomic level is space. And that 0.11% is actually matter. So what are we? We are these energy beings that are moving around that really what we're seeing is not what we're seeing. It's, it's mind boggling once you start to really deep dive into it. And when I was practicing, when I began my practice uh, working with individuals with PTSD and trauma, you know, I came across a few studies that 
actually uh, scientifically were demonstrating that traumas were actually being passed down the generations. And it was, it was fascinating to me since um, my family uh, had experienced a lot of trauma, a lot of trauma, uh, a lot of war trauma on both sides. Now, my father, uh, he fought two tours in Vietnam. My mother's side of the family uh, experienced World War II. They lived in Italy. And they had to flee their homes when the Germans were coming down, and they literally had to head up to the hills and to flee and to, you know, find cover, find safety, to survive some harsh conditions and to scrounge for food. And, they, and to add to their misery, they were very, very, very poor. And so when I came across these, this science of epigenetics and, and what they were suggesting, it made me really, really wonder about how much of my own experience of PTSD, and I had a severe case of complex uh, PTSD, how much of it was my own and how much of it was actually passed down to me through my parents and my grandparents. It turns out it was a combination probably of both. And I want to bring up this, uh, this study just to kind of like set the, the conversation up here. It was a study about this epigenetics. And it was, um, it was a study done in uh, 2010 by Dr. Isabella Mansui. And they were looking at the epigenetic transmissions of the impact of early stress across generations. And Dr. Isabella Mansui is a neurobiologist from the University of Zurich, and she published in the journal Biological Psychiatry. And she, what she discovered was that some impacts of trauma actually cross generations and cause genes to change, which are then passed down to the offspring. And they raised male mice and frequently separated them from their mothers, which would induce stress. And this was done for about 14 days, at which time the mice were cared for normally. Now, as the mice became adults, they began to exhibit PTSD symptoms, jumpiness, isolation, hyperalertness. And they also noticed that their genes functioned differently than other mice. And most notably, the gene that helps regulate the stress hormone, CRF, and the gene that regulates the release of serotonin. And what they discovered was that these genes were either overreactive or underreactive. And these mice are equivalent to those who experience combat or the Holocaust or some other intensely traumatic event. And then they bred these mice. They bred these mice that have been traumatized, these male mice with females, to see what, if anything, occurred in their offspring. And once they fathered the pups, the males were removed and the offspring were raised by their mothers with no trauma separation. And what they discovered was that as these males grew into adults, they exhibited the same anxious and jumpy behavior of their fathers and had the same gene changes. The implications of that are profound. What it is saying, and it could be that as part of our um, generational passing down this information, that you know it was a survival mechanism. It was enabled that for uh, our offspring to survive these harsh conditions. If you can imagine someone, you know, they, they did a lot of studies with the Holocaust. 
uh, of the second generation, third generation people uh, were the ones who were actually exhibiting the PTSD symptoms and not their parents. And so it could be that these genes are passed down in order for us to survive these harsh, horrible situations, conditions. But it also leaves these negative patterns. We inherit good patterns from our parents and our ancestors as well. We, those are good stuff we want to, but how do we release these negative patterns? And the, are they genetic and they're energetic? Well, the person who I have on the show today is probably one of the world's experts as far as I'm concerned. And to help us dive more deeply into this understanding of energy and epigenetics and how we can break free from our karmic and genetic patterns. And Lisa Thomas, our guest today, is a transformational leader, gifted healer, and intuitive coach. She integrates business with her natural gifts of, to help her clients embrace all of life. She's devoted to reconnecting people to their soul's purpose so they can experience more love, joy, and financial abundance. And she has helped thousands of people worldwide to achieve their success in business and life goals by releasing this inherited emotional DNA, such as the fear of success or fear of failure, anxiety, procrastination, fear of public speaking, relationship drama, false money beliefs. All this she has done. And she has been featured on Good Morning La La Land, Ali and You, Dare to Dream, and other shows and podcasts. And her book, Mistakes into Money, will be published in the summer of 2019. And her website is www.lisathomasenergyhealing.com. That's L-I-S-A-T-H-O-M-A-S, energyhealing.com. Lisa, welcome to the show. What a beautiful introduction. Thank you, Charlie. I'm honored to be here. <laughs> well, it's yeah. a, I'm, I can't tell you how honored I am to have you on here. I mean, we met uh, just uh, at the 5D events uh, conference, and we just connected right away, had this deep. We did. And so it's just an honor to have you. Thank you. <laughs> Can you share uh, with the audience just a little bit about your background? And, uh, and how, do you, sure. how you came to the work that you're doing? I came to the work that I'm doing a little bit later in life, all right? Mm -hmm. So I was born with some natural gifts, but as a little girl, they were a burden energy to me. They weren't, um, they weren't something that I dove into with joy, all right? But as I studied a lot of different holistic methods, not in necessarily to have a business or to get out into the world, but really to help my family and myself, I found that it came very easy for me. And that one thing led to another. And my specialty, as I have done this over several years, is really the inherited pattern, the epigenetics. And that's what feeds my soul, is helping families. Well, that's, uh, you know, I, I, and I knew it when I met you, how, how much you honestly, genuinely care for the people that you work with, ah, the, thank you. the sensitivity, the honesty, the authenticity. And so it just seemed right that we would be able to have this conversation about doing this epigenetics. And, ah. you know, Lisa, I, I think it's really important for people to try to, you know, they may not be able to have a full grasp or understanding of what, 
what inherited energy is. I mean, what what mm -hmm. is inherited energy and why is it so important for us to be aware of it and work with it? Okay, let's start with the first question because you set it up fabulously in the introduction and quoting the studies and talking about the mice. And it's, an, it's pretty much a new thing that we're becoming aware of in the sense that it's more out there to the public like you and I, all right? And I loved when you said we inherit many good things because that's really important for us to know. We inherit our gifts and our talents. So now on the scientific side, I'm gonna take what you said, I'm gonna say it and shorten it, okay? We each have our own DNA code that's going to make you five feet tall, seven feet tall, if you were to be, you know, it's one or the other. You can have green eyes, blue eyes. The DNA code, we cannot change. That's who you are um, on all, on, you know, that's like your hard drive, okay? But then within the DNA code, we have our epigenetics. And our epigenetics is based on the life experiences of our ancestors. And their experiences in their life, whether it's good, bad, traumatic, all right, it gets passed down in our cell memories. And it is then presents in our life and in how we in how our DNA expresses itself. Did that make sense? That made sense. Right? Yeah, yeah, that made sense. Okay. So, so it's it's in how the genetics so it's we can't change the DNA, but it's just the expression the gene no. expression of mm -hmm. the codes that were sent to us. Right. Absolutely. And they're called informational tags. So information tags can be changed. That's the beautiful thing. And that's the awakening that we're coming to. The understanding is that um, we don't have to hold on to stuff. That once we become aware of it, we don't need to hold on to it. And the other beautiful thing is this is um, deep within us, within our subconscious. It knows why we are the way we are. Mm -hmm. We aren't going to necessarily wake up and say, oh, I must have inherited that. Right? <laughs> well, it's, yeah. No, I, yeah. No, it's not. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you, I, when I think about it, you know, it's like, you know, you're, there are certain things that you, you think you've been inherited, you know, because sometimes you'll hear, well, you know, you're just like your dad when you do this, or you're just like your mom mm -hmm. when you do this. And, um, and so sometimes you can say, you know, we, we, get, we fall into that, or we even talk about them like my siblings and I will talk about, you know, we're, we're, that's what, uh, you know, you do just like what dad used to do, or you do what mom does. That's mom, that's mom and you, or whatever. Dad. Yeah. And so yeah. we automatically already say those things, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't we have do. to, we don't have to be limited by the things that were passed down negatively, correct? We can change that if we no, want to. No, we don't. And it's also important to know that we didn't do anything wrong. Somebody else might come to me and say, "I I I must have had a bad past life and it's bad karma." Let, let's scratch that thought, okay? Cuz that doesn't serve us. That isn't the case. We inherit our gifts and our talents, and we inherit trauma energy. We inherit not so, you know, certain behaviors and patterns. And it's not because of how we lived life, if we believe in life before, all right? It's not that you've done something wrong. And parents don't pass it down to us on purpose, and we didn't do anything wrong to inherit. And I think that's a really good um, framework to start in because oftentimes parents go into this guilt mode. Well, how would you know, right? Or kids will want to blame parents. That isn't what this is is about. It's um, 
it's really about understanding why you are the way you are, what helps make you who you are, and that you can change these things. And it's not around trying harder. It's not around getting up at 4.30 in the morning and working harder to go work out. It's not, it doesn't have to be complicated mm -hmm. well, as, it, as a resistance. Well, and I think that's such a, you made such an important part. This is not about shaming your parents. This is not no. about blaming. No. You know, I, I firmly uh -huh. believe one of the reasons that people don't heal, uh, Lisa, is that we continue to blame. If we blame everybody for our problems and the things that have happened to us, and it, we will never, ever, 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 ever heal. But we have to understand why we are the way we are. We have to understand why we do the exactly. things that we do, right? That's right. And, though, what about that individual that can't stop the pattern of blaming? Yeah. So let's go back generationally, even to, you know, you were talking about the wars from in your both sides of your lineage, mm -hmm. all right? Now, if your mother is living in a small town in Italy, okay, and, and the town is invaded, okay, she is not only going to have experienced, it was somebody else that took her rights away, mm -hmm. she's then going to hear the pat, this verbiage, that they're going to blame the Germans, or they're going to blame bad things happening. So that pattern of being a victim, which was experienced, and then the pattern of blaming will be very natural for people if they inherit that. Wow, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. And you know, uh -huh. how does that work? Because it was, it was actually, you know, my mother, she didn't experience it, but it was my grandmother. And all like, so she, yeah. she was born after World War II. But it was my both mm -hmm. my grandparents and my aunts yeah. and uncles before her that had experienced mm -hmm. that immediate dislocation, mm -hmm. running up into and that fear that mm -hmm. you know. And mm -hmm. can that affect because the, it's in you know, my mom was still a, an ovum or <laughs> in my yeah. in my grandmother's mm -hmm. uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, she was yeah. still an egg. She wasn't born yet. Can that affect mm -hmm. us? Can having our grandparents experience that? Oh, absolutely. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. That's the epigenetics. That's um, how our ancestors experienced their life. Now, let me tell you what else can often show up when people uh, from previous generations have had to flee. It will cause um, someone like you and I then to possibly run when things get difficult. Yeah. Or if we start to feel fear and we aren't even aware of it or some anxiety, we're going to flee when we really don't need to. So we might end relationships sooner than they need to be. We might, um, there's a lot of complications that come that are going to show up not exactly the same way, but because of how they experienced it. That's incredible. <laughs> That's just, mm -hmm. And I can see, you know, thinking about those things, one of the, uh, you know, I see it in our, our family, you know, in my family mm -hmm. dynamics about how the things, but one of the things, it, one of the great things it taught us was to stick together. Mm -hmm. You stick together. You, you're yes. there for each other. You're looking out. There, that, mm -hmm. and the, mm -hmm. On the benefit was this uh, habitus maximus, this open-heartedness, how you just yeah. by your actions, you're taking care and you're looking out for everybody in, with, with mm -hmm. you. And that family mm -hmm. was so mm -hmm. important because it, those kinds mm -hmm. of situations, what they do is they bring you down to what is essential and what is core and what is so important. So there was good things and bad it's things. beautiful. You know? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, Lisa, when did you know? I mean, you've, uh, uh, you said you were clairvoyant. Did you know at a very early age 
that you had spiritual <laughs> yes. gifts and uh, that you could. I did. Did you? Yeah. I did. Yeah, I did. And I, in fact, there isn't a time I don't remember. Hmm. So when I was little, all right, my mom used to tell me, Lisa, you're afraid of your own shadow. And I'd be like, Mom, the shadow is real because there's really people around me. And I, I actually inherited this gift on my father's side. But, um, but it was my mother that was very understanding of who I was. And I could poke to my mom if we were in church and I'd say, Mom, so-and-so isn't very healthy. And she'd say, why? And I'd say, because I can tell it in their skin and their colors are off in their aura. I didn't know what the aura was. Mm -hmm. Now nowadays we know that we would call this type of child a crystal child or a, you know but there wasn't a name for me then and so i was raised where at least you can't talk about certain things and or you're going to be rejected mm -hmm. or you're going to right and so then i had this fear pretty much most of my life that i couldn't be who i was and i wouldn't speak up at certain times so yeah it was a burden but i've had them my whole life yeah well you know and i relate to you on that i mean i I'll make a, a confession here on on the show. I used to, when I was a child, as a kid, I could uh, be, I was sitting, be sitting in church, and I went to Catholic. I was raised Catholic, and uh, I could see the energy. I could see the spirit moving through yeah. the pews, but I didn't. I didn't. Know, mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, what's going on here? I, how can I see that? How can I know that? Yeah. You know, but I didn't tell anybody mm -hmm. about it. Or I started recently, but at the time, you know, it's like. Something's right. wrong with me, right? You know, so, I yeah. understand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, how has your, uh, you know, how did you become a, an energy healing expert? You know, did it was it a journey that you went on to become this? Because, you know, we, we, anytime people are empathic or energy healers, it, it's usually a journey. Something wakes you up, uh, a depression, yes. anxiety, something mm -hmm. like that, that mm -hmm. sends you in a different path. Did, did something like that happen to you that served as a it catalyst? Did. It was a little, it was a process. It was the journey that I was on. And what I can say is what got me from here to there is a lot of different things, not one, one thing. But as I started having children, I then went through postpartum depression that never left for many, many years. The anxiety. Now, in hindsight, I think that is years of being oppressed in not knowing who I, or not being able to express who I was. And if I were able to do that, what would that mean? Like, I don't even know as a 15, 25 year old, 30 year old, what that would mean if I could have talked about it, right? So there's not, it's not like I wish I could have done it differently. It's just the way it was. And for many years, I took medication and it got me from, I used to always say, if I could be at baseline, I can function. But for so many years, I wasn't even at baseline. And so did my people around me know? No, only my family knew. Because I could muster enough energy to go be that leader or president of an auxiliary or president of Children's Hospital. But at the same time, that was, that was a persona of who I was mm -hmm. because the real life of me is I couldn't function. All right. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what you know, you can't function like that. And, and you know what, it, it's similar. <laughs> you know, I was uh, in, a, in a position where I was managing a lot of stuff, and I just felt like my whole soul, my whole spirit was being snuffed out. Like I had actually, <clears throat> and this could have been a pattern in my own life of sacrificing my own life force to serve mm -hmm. other things. You know, it was yeah. kind of this... Yeah. 
um, and, and, and this indentured servant or this kind of uh, where you're, you, you sacrifice, you know, and, and it's, a, it's a warrior's kind of identity, too, where you're going to give mm-hmm. yourself for a larger cause. And so you do that, but all of a sudden you're, you're, something is not right. You know, you're not functioning right. right. You're sad. Right. You're depressed. You're not, you're, you're feeling like there's got to be something more than this. There's got to be something mm-hmm. more to life than what I'm living. And that's right. You can go two different paths. You can go the addiction path, I think, which can lead you okay. to burying that yes. pain. Or you can do something like what you've done is being able to open mm-hmm. up to that. And I had to go a different mm-hmm. path, you know. But I think that that's kind understandable. Of, yeah. Yeah. And oftentimes, like for me, this was an inherited depression that I didn't know that I'd had a, I had a, a grandmother that I wasn't even aware was my grandmother, okay, mm-hmm. until I was a, way into my adult life, who had suffered severe depression and the same pattern I had was repeating. So that knowledge gave me some insight. I got some help around in the spiritual realm that saved my life, I think. Mm-hmm. And then from there, but see, I had to follow hearing that I needed to do that. Oftentimes we can get promptings, but if we don't take action in them, then they're going to fall to the wayside. <laughs> yes, they are. You know, right? I, that's so true. And if you don't listen to the promptings, there's two things that you need to listen to the promptings, which we all have. And it's that intuitive guidance that we get. And, it's, yes. and, and the key to being intuitive is to trust yourself, to have self, self-esteem, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. To have, uh, um, the, you have to build your faculty to, un, to know the truth. You gotta be able yes. to. It's not about changing your diet. It's not about doing any kinds mm-hmm. of different things. It is about your capacity to know the truth, and you gotta yes. get aligned with that. And the second mm-hmm. is that is the voice of your conscience. The voice of your conscience yeah. is the voice of God. Okay. Yes. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. And you've got to follow those mm-hmm. things. And when yeah. you don't, it goes down. It goes up, and then the loudness of the world crowds in. And then these inherited mm-hmm. patterns, they start coming up to the forefront, needing mm-hmm. to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa, what is, um, what is energy healing and how does it work? Okay, good, good question. Um, first of all, think of the body as, um, as an electric panel in your home, electric grid. And if an, a wire gets crimped in the electrical you know, electrical wire, the electricity doesn't flow. Well, it's the same, it's the same thing with our body and the energy in our body. And so what I'm doing in the work is I'm finding where those crimps are, where those blocks are. Now, there's a lot of different ways to do this. You can go and get acupuncture. Acupuncture is very similar. I hone into the meridians, um, but acupuncture is a completely different modality that's much more on the medical side than what I'm doing. All right. Mm-hmm. But um, so we I truly believe as in this time that we live in, it won't be long until this type of work becomes mainstream as with a regular MD, mm-hmm. because it's you keep the combination of an MD and someone that can hone in and clear these energy frequencies, their frequencies, by the way, from the body, the body will heal faster. So, Charlie, I don't really do healing. The body does the healing. But because people can't get, they they can't wrap their head around that, then I've just given in. I've totally given in. I've quit arguing the point. But the body does the healing. 
but you combine medical with your energy system that's clean and we get rid of stuff and you will heal pretty much anything that comes into the body yeah. it will heal and it's, mm-hmm. I think it's, uh, it, it is, and I, you know, being, uh, I've, I've trained in doing some energy healing work as well, and knowing that one of the key things to being able to, is you got to get in present time. You got to find, mm-hmm. the more present time that you can get, uh, the more the, that energy healing works, the more it can be effective. Mm-hmm. And you're right, mm-hmm. it is not you who's doing it, it's, it's you're being a conduit for that to, yeah. co- to follow through. And the, mm-hmm. and the purer the person in that sense of being a servant in that way, mm-hmm. the greater the mm-hmm. healing capacity can happen. Right. 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 Um, mm-hmm. Now, if people are under trying to, you know, they're trying to get their heads wrapped around this idea of energy healing and epigenetics. And I kind of talked about the epigenetics. Why should people what is this study of epigenetics and why should people be interested in this science? Well, you're only going to want to be interested in it if you want to go to another level in your life. If you are aware that you have patterns in your relationships that when you get married or, or you, you join in, in a partnership and all of a sudden you're never happy, that's a pattern, mm-hmm. right? If, if you keep attracting the same emotionally unavailable people, then that's a pattern. So if you are aware that you are repeating patterns and you've tried therapy, and I, have a whole, I believe therapy is good, but therapy, does, therapy isn't always going to change it. For example, I'm not a therapist. I want you in and out of here, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if a therapist can bring some cognitive awareness to the situation, that's amazing. But if you're still in the same pattern, then we need to get rid of a vibration, an inherited pattern that's causing it. And I think that's, you know, I mean, I look at my own patterns, you know, I mean, uh, that I, you know, I, I, I tend to fall into in relationship patterns that we talked about this when I was there, where I fall into, uh, and it's not, uh, you know, it's a, a consistent pattern of being a, a codependent empath, of falling, of becoming a people pleaser. And I'm sure this is inherited as well as learned, and these are patterns that I have. What are other examples that people can relate to to help them understand how, Ancestral traits, both physical and emotional, can be passed down. Okay. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. I work with a lot of CEOs. And, um, and the, the common thing with these individuals is that they're in it. They're in there. They, they want to have a better quality of life. Now, we can inherit, it. We can inherit money blocks. We can, and it doesn't matter if you are just trying to make your rent or if you're trying to hit that next million. Like, there is no judgment. We cannot put a judgment on a category that people are in because you still are going to have them. So, I work with, so it might be um, that their set point is, say, 250,000 and they can't break that. So, how it will show up is, they are working 12 hours a day. Mm-hmm. They feel like they have to overdo mm-hmm. or, um, it, it, you know, in order to earn their money, things like that. Or they'll sabotage, right, and not return calls or, or spend money because they feel like they have to be in this cycle of proving themselves. 
Well, that's something one of them. I think that's what you, you've described. I mean, I'm not on the 250,000, but you've described me as far as, you know, well, having I'd love this. to get you to 250,000, okay? That sounds good. That sounds great, Lisa. I would I love would. that. Um, <laughs> I believe, um, I, you know, let me just plug money here for a second. It's humans. It's over the years that we've created negativity around it but money is just an energy and when, and think of all the good that money can be used for mm-hmm. it's how we use it it's not how everybody else uses it yeah that's okay? and I, and I, and i know that you know it's it, perhaps it was a connected to something that i was doing that i thought was detrimental to the planet or detrimental mm-hmm. to the that's world what and I so think. It was so because of that, I thought, you know, I, I can't hold on to this. So what am I going to do with this? How, how can I prove to myself that I can handle money in a way that's beneficial to a lot of people? Yeah. And so there could be something like that that, that exists. And yeah. I know other people experience that as well. It's real. It's very real. Mm-hmm. Now, are these patterns, Lisa, um, you know, are, like uh, the re- repeated patterns that keep showing up in people's lives, are usually a good indicator of these inherited blocks, these inherited patterns. Um, Like I just talked to you about, my patterns in relationships consistently often reflected a a narcissistic, codependent dynamic. Can I, Charlie? Sure, sure. Let's let's just, since you're bringing it up, let's just do something here, okay? Okay, all right. The pattern of attracting narcissistic women, right? Right. It would be more though the root cause of that is not is not the that's not the issue. The root cause for you is that you are in a pattern of suffering and that you have to prove that you're worthy or that you have something of value to help solve their problem. Yes. Right? I have to a strong martyr. <laughs> you, well, but but you also have a strong desire Okay, I agree with that. You do have a strong martyr, okay? And it's not a bad thing. It's just that it's out of balance, all right? So that's the root cause. And when you get rid of the root cause, then those types of people, you won't be at that frequency, and those types of people won't be coming into your life for you to learn another lesson. You've already learned your lesson here. You do not need to keep repeating this. No, I I totally agree. I was just using it as an example. (laughs) Yes, I absolutely agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but I, what I was trying, to, uh, uh, you know, and because I think it's easier for me since it's, you know, I don't, uh, to just use, you know, myself as an example yeah. to help people understand a little bit more about how this I works. And, you know, we talked about money and being able to hold on to it and creating wealth. Mm-hmm. What is the core issues in a lot of these patterns? Is it a lack of worthiness? Is it a lack of self-esteem? Is it fear? Is it guilt? Is it shame? What is it, Lisa, that you tend to find most often in these cases? All of them. So (laughs) I'll give you a brief scenario, okay? There isn't one thing, but I'll tell you how shame will show up when we inherit shame. And we always inherit shame first. If if shame shows up, I'm not going to get it in an age time frame. I'm going to get it in an inherited pattern first. And shame causes us to feel like we're never worthy of more. It causes us to, us to believe that we're never an expert. So let me give you a quick example of someone that had inherited a lot of shame. This man had not one, not two, he had three PhDs. Wow. He was brilliant. He started on his first PhD when he was 25, okay? Let me tell you what he's doing for a living. He had been, he'd been offered a job at Penn State. He had been offered a job at Harvard. 
He had been offered a job here in L.A. at Loyola Marymount. Turned them all down. Wow. He was a janitor at an elementary school. Wow. Yeah, I am dead serious. His wife worked two jobs. Wow. He helped tutor kids for free. Okay? That's valiant, loyal. And yet he had so much shame and felt unworthy in this shame to own his gifts, okay, that he shut down because he had a belief he, he would be he would become too prideful. Okay. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that's a streaming stream uh, story, but there is truth in that for mm. everybody. Yeah. Where do you hold yourself back because you don't believe you are worthy of more? It will show up if you've been writing a book for five years. You got to get rid of some shame because you don't feel worthy to be an expert. So you're going to be telling yourself somebody already wrote that book. I'm too busy to write that book, and uh, you know that's a great way to shame will show up <laughs> oh boy did you just you like you hit me right there on that one too <laughs> you know the the book i was just sharing with you about that i finally got published after four years i mean i finished I'm excited it. about the book oh well thank you but that, it's I, what you're talking i about. am oh thank you it's yeah. um it's it's a big step it was that sense of you know, nobody's going to want to read this. <laughs> who's going to want to, yeah. who's going to care? Yeah. What's this? This yeah. is, you know, all the whatever. I, I, if I could sabotage, I got a PhD in sabotaging myself. I think. <laughs> 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 so I'm like taking oh. these baby steps to stop sabotaging myself. I keep doing it. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But we can actually rewrite these programs, right? I mean, we're not, we're not <laughs> stuck. I mean, how do we start rewriting these programs, these uh, energetic patterns, the things that we've inherited? Mm-hmm. How do we do that, Lisa? You can start the process yourself. In fact, on my website, I believe I have a free download to a, a manual yeah. to teach yourself how to do it. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, you can only go so deep with yourself. And that's thanks to our subconscious trying to protect you. Mm-hmm. But it's a great way to start. And I would encourage you if, you, if somebody wants to learn how to do it themselves, start there. And actually, you're bringing this up, but I am more than halfway through my certification process that I'm writing. I've had so many people over the years say, Lisa, teach me what you do. And it's close. It'll be launching in September. Oh, so that's awesome. Yes, yeah, that's awesome. Know. That's, um, you know, that's uh, taken a lot for me, Charlie, because I've had to become comfortable being visible, talking about what I do, and really be unattached to the opinions and judgments of others. Yeah. It's um, been a process for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's with the opinions and judgments of others. That if we're not uh, if we're not learning the steps and how to be able to extract ourselves yeah. from that, we can be, become a prisoner to other people's opinions, judgments, thoughts, mm-hmm. feelings. Yeah. They will hijack Everything. our will, our yeah. life force. And they will recruit it to own it. And if you yes, don't, do. and if you don't learn it, if you don't mm-hmm. see it, one of the things that I think is is so paramount about this time in history that we're living right now, Lisa, is that people need to take command of their own soul. It's really, you've got to be able to understand who you are 
and stop allowing other people to have, you know, little uh, puppet strings and moving you here and there and how controlling you. And we're under so many spells and worries and all that stuff. And the more you start to retract and reclaim that, you actually you start owning it. It's, it becomes very, very powerful. So, um, Lisa, do uh, you 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 speak about uh, you know burden energy on your website? What is what is burden energy? You wrote the burden energy that holds you hostage. Yeah, yeah. Burden energy to me is a combination of all these different things that we're talking about. And I feel it sometimes with clients that are just weighing on their shoulders. They're carrying, you know, the atlas of the world on their shoulders. And this gets inherited through the trauma energy, through fear is a burden energy, overwhelm is a burden energy, the, um, the overwhelm of life. These are burdens. Mm -hmm. And then the experiences that we have in life, if, you had a, if you've had a lot of, of your life be full of bad things happening, that's a burden. So burden is the umbrella to every, and then things fall underneath it. Wow, I thought it's, I've never heard that before. And I thought, wow, that is so true. And it's almost like uh, they kind of anchor you down, right? I mean, isn't it like mm -hmm. psychic anchors and stuff? I mean, and it, which mm -hmm. adds weight mm -hmm. to your life and you can't mm -hmm. move. Your life mm -hmm. doesn't move forward. And then every time no. you try to take a step forward, all of a sudden it's like it pulls you right back, right? Yeah, you get uncomfortable with it. I think it is these energetic cords that are just attached to the past. They just keep yeah. us back there. Because the truth is, if we're living in the past, we're going to fear, okay, bad things happening. So we live in the past so we don't repeat it. We live in the past so we can be aware of that nobody's going to um, hurt or right mm -hmm. but it keeps us it keeps us from even living in the present and if we live in the future and we have to know the end from the beginning all the time then we'll never take action steps because we're always getting ready to get ready <laughs> so neither one is good right, yes. <laughs> right? Okay. oh yeah well uh, yes yeah. I mean, <clears throat> if you're living in the past you're living in fear and if you're living mm -hmm. in the future, you're living in worry. And uh, you are, mm -hmm. you know. So it's really, and there's so much. And you just mentioned it. You just uh, hit on it uh, just a little bit. Is about the subconscious mind. Can you go into just yeah. how hard? I mean, well, how big of does the subconscious mind actually play its part in all of this? I mean, how much is it in control oh, versus it, us being in control? You know, there's a lot of statistics out there on it. Let's just say 90% wow. is our subconscious, okay? It is a lot. And, you know, my favorite analogy, and I know we've seen it before, but you take an iceberg. I was actually up in Alaska just a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. and, I would, and it came to my mind. I've used it before when I speak, but we only see the tip of the iceberg. It's really true. That iceberg is far wider by miles underneath the ocean than it is at the top. <laughs> yeah. And underneath that part, that's our subconscious. Our subconscious knows everything we've ever done. It knows who we were before we came to Earth. It knows why we are the reason we are. It, it, it knows everything that's happened to us. So we might consciously, well, we consciously don't remember everything. Mm -hmm. But the subconscious does. And it's our, it's our main drive to our computer, our physical computer is our subconscious. 
It's incredible. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely incredible. And it's how, you know, I mean, when people realize how much their subconscious mind is actually operating everything and how much, I mean, (laughs) if you could just think about it, uh, about driving a car. I mean, if you get something very practical that people can understand, when you first learned how to drive a car, you had to know where that you were so nervous, looking around, making sure. I, mean, I, I was I was worried about the brake. I didn't know how to put the brake on. It was terrible right. when I learned how to drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dad, uh, I was in a truck. I was in my truck when I was like this. And uh, I was learning how to drive. And I had to make a right-hand turn, Lisa. <laughs> and it was uh-huh. a red light. And I didn't know how to put And it was a stick shift. And I was so afraid of, like, throwing it out and installing it. So... I just looked and I wheeled all the way through the red light and my dad was panicking because, you know, I just, and, you know, I laugh at those times now, but now I I can drive. I don't have any problems. I can listen to music and talk on the Mm -hmm. phone, do all these things. I mean, think about it. I mean, that's all the subconscious mind that's Mm -hmm. operating things, running things. That's right. So if we have something that's, you know, some negative pattern, some pattern that keeps showing back up again. How hard is it to change a subconscious mind and all these programs that are influencing uh, our choices, our decisions, and our actions? It's not hard, but you have to be consistent with it. Mm. You know, when, um, when someone comes to me and they're 100 pounds overweight and they look to me like, I'm just going to solve this for them. Okay, I have to have that hard conversation that they didn't get here overnight. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. and it's not going to go away overnight. But every time it gets easier, you feel less burdened, you feel lighter, you have more energy. You you are able to take action in your life where you were before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and and I think because of that consistency, I think. <clears throat> being able to understand that it's it's not one time that's going to make the difference. It's the repeated times. Right. We learn that's through right. repetition. Mm-hmm. And the more mm-hmm. we can get that, we can start to rewire our brains. The neuroplasticity of the brain can change those things. Yes. And mm-hmm. we can override those deep ingrained patterns. Right? Yes. Yes. So I call it, I like to call it brain hacking because I'm doing a little bit of a lot of things, okay? Right. Releasing the vibration in the energy system of the inherited pattern, okay? Retraining the brain by giving um, positive thoughts that go along to that individual. So, you know, I'm able to understand an individual very quickly. And giving them tips and tools to help them catch themselves in that negativity and call it out. Mm -hmm. Because you have to be a major part of changing it. And I'm not talking, "Uh oh, money flows to me. I'm a money magnet. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about certain tools that I give that that help you interrupt the brain and retrain it. That's so great. So So great. It's not just one thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's not just one thing. It's so great. Um, and before we get into some of the things that you do with the work that you do, um, <clears throat> you know, so many people struggle with trying to be perfect, that burden yeah. of perfectionism and people pleasing. My goodness, I am a recovering people pleaser for sure. <laughs> I'm going to get a, a, a was another guest of mine who I had on. She has a, a, a mug that says recovering people pleaser. I'm going to get one of those. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, it's very real. 
how how does that show up? What does that look like in our energy field? And 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 when uh, and what do you do to help people struggling with those issues? Well, first, I I want people pleasers to know that it's because on your soul level, you really have a beautiful heart and this desire to help. Mm. And it's fine until it's not fine. Meaning it's a good thing until that's all it is. And when we become trapped in people-pleasing, we really are ignoring who we are because we're getting all of our worth by helping everyone else. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if somebody doesn't thank you or you don't feel validated in it, it makes you feel really icky. Mm -hmm. That That isn't how it's supposed to be. Or if you're putting off things that you need to do because you're always helping everybody else which also might mean that there's an undercurrent that you don't feel uh, have enough confidence to either say no or you don't have enough confidence in doing something you really want to do. And I also want people pleasers to know you can do both. You don't have to get rid of and always say no to everything. You just learn how to set boundaries in a really healthy way so you can take care and people volunteer at church. You can volunteer in your community. You can... um, you know, you can do whatever you want, but not at the expense of your health or your own life. Yeah, that's so important, Lisa. It's <clears throat> so, you know, uh, I think it, when you're when you're a people pleaser, and, you, and it's a one like you said, and I think it's beautiful how you you described it. Uh, we forget that we also have to take care of our own heart; that we're still in the yeah. equation, and mm-hmm. we can fall, and that it ends up we uh, we end up abandoning ourselves kind of yeah, along the way absolutely. and so it's just re-coming back into that balance and learning how to be able to do that really is so critical and I think it's um, you know it, it's feeling stuck and feeling blocked and feeling like you can't change your life you've got the tools to be able to do it Lisa I mean and it's incredible yes. um, what are some of the common reasons uh, you know you, in this work that you do you have a lot of people that feel stuck is it due to these inherited energy patterns that we carry within ourselves, most of it? Yeah, yeah. It pretty much. That's the root cause. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. Let's <laughs> go. <laughs> oh, all right. Inherited patterns are the root cause. Mm. Now, there's other ways that, it, that things are in our energy system. It's not just all about our ancestors. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that, but um, inherited is a root cause. Mm-hmm. Well, you can, yeah, go ahead and please, you know, uh, so it's not just about that. It's also things that we've picked up along the way, right, in our yeah, own life. it is. So by the time we're seven, we've actually created our own identity. We've created, I call it, we've created our own energy blueprint mm. by the time we're seven. So... Oftentimes, we're still operating on a seven-year-old mentality and belief system. Wow. And this gets, de- yeah, this gets developed by how we interact with the world during our informative years, how the world interacts with us, um, our, uh, where we fall in the bloodline. If we are told that we are to be seen and not, hold, uh, not heard as a child, Okay, if we are jokingly told that we're a problem, you're a bad girl, you're a bad boy. Well, a grandma might think that's really just being funny, Mm -hmm. but we don't understand that kind of sarcasm as a child. All right. So that 
it, and also around friends and teachers and I, it teaches us how we fit in with leadership. So if you're in a company and you never are getting along with a boss, there's a good chance it, it stems between zero, you know, birth and seven years old. <laughs> wow, that's amazing, yeah. that's incredible. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, and then, yeah. <clears throat> no, I was just saying, I mean, that can, if you're coming from that and you don't, you're just learning this now, look how, I mean, I'm thinking about my own life, how those things can impact your sense of uh, worthiness and yeah. self-esteem and being able you know uh, those mm -hmm. early markers had to have such a, a long-term effect mm -hmm. and you can and you're not even knowing it you don't even know that it's yeah. you're dealing with it yeah right <laughs> right and you know i'll share you a quick story if i can make it quick sure that just happened to me in the last month i had the opportunity to do some trapeze i'd never been on a trapeze before I had no fear climbing and I had no fear flying. Okay, but I'll tell you what came up. I was having an automatic response as if I had fear. And I would go inside and I'm like, I'm not afraid. And yet I I couldn't do it. Okay. I mean like I, it wasn't flowing. I couldn't even fall correctly. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. I, I like how can you not fall? The guy that's on the ground is screaming to me, Lisa, can you just fall backwards? I could not fall. I was falling straight. All right, let me tell you what, it took me 24 hours to figure this out. And this is what it stemmed from. I was six years old and it was the first time I had been on the big school ground playground. Mm -hmm. And I was climbing the monkey bars. And I kid you not, okay? I'm all by myself, I've climbed up, I'm going across and I fall. I fell and I landed on a rock that knocked the wind out of me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A fifth grader came, picked me up, and carried me to the nurse. Now guess what, oh, do you follow me? Yeah. I couldn't fall, I needed somebody to help me, and I one of my root things have been I'm not supported, yeah. okay? I need somebody else mm -hmm. to help me. Mm -hmm. That was a life-changing experience for me. That literally just happened within the last month, month, two months. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and we're always learning too. We're always uncovering. We're always, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. evolving in our own ways. And so it's, uh, you know, I think it's really important for you know for me anyway. When I do, I, I when I talk to the people that I work with, I'm learning too. I've, I've, yeah. I've reached as far as I, and these are some of the lessons that I've learned along the way. This is some of the wisdom that I've gained, but I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still uncovering certain things. And I think that's uh, it's such an important thing is to recognize that we're still, we're all doing this together. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. Lisa, we've only got, I can't believe how far I, you know, it's like almost the end of the show. How did that happen? Already? <laughs> no. Well, we're getting close. We've got about six minutes, but I want to make sure that okay. we get in some of the questions uh, for okay. you on, you know, how do you work with clients? Um, how, what do you do with, when you're working with clients? I am using a lot of kinesiology. So I don't necessarily depend on my gift for, for finding the, the pattern. Because um, the body is going to give me my answer. Now, kinesiology expands a big field. But basically, 
What I'm doing is muscle testing. I muscle test myself because a lot of my clients don't aren't here with me in person. Mm-hmm. I work with clients all over the world. And I formulate questions. I'm going to find the vibration, and then I release it. But the body gives me my answer. So I'm tapping into the subconscious. So people can work with me one-on-one um, in a one-hour session, or they can work with me in a group setting. I do that online. Um, mm. Or I have healing meditation activations that are very powerful that will release vibrations. I was going to, which happened, uh, how, did, how did that those work? I saw that on your website. Uh, you have those guided healing <laughs> meditations. I was like, oh, my God, that I sounds do. fantastic. Uh, yeah. So how do they work? You know, we've been talking a lot about these inherited patterns and energy. Mm-hmm. How do they how do these meditations work to break those those patterns and those qualities controlling our lives? Well, one of the things that I'm very trained in is hypnosis. Mm. OK. And so in this platform that I've created is I'm I'm bringing the body into balance and then connect the subconscious with the conscious mind because if the subconscious will trust that's that's the key there it has to trust that change is okay mm-hmm. then and so the first two that's the first two sections is there's a visualization or a grounding and a visualization then after that you're on the body's on board and the energy is on board with me and you just listen and the vibrations that i have that i'm releasing will release from your energy system so they're very powerful. I use the word meditation because that's kind of a buzzword, but um, you don't have to be there sitting in Zen mode for an hour. But you can um, you can be multitasking. You just I don't want you driving. You can fall asleep if you want. The subconscious, as soon as it's it's on board, it's going to release what I'm finding. Oh, that's fantastic! Oh my gosh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want your and then, I mean, I've had, I've read your website and and the, the raves that uh, the clients that they say about you, uh, the people who have worked with you would say what a authentic, gifted, incredible uh, teacher and leader and healer that you are, Lisa. Thank um, you. Mm-hmm. What do you want your potential clients to know about you? About me, I want to talk about them. <laughs> I want them to know that your li- their life has a purpose. Your life has a purpose. And that um, life doesn't have to be a struggle. Yeah, yeah, we've got things that happen in our life. That's part of mortality. But you don't have to live in depression. You don't have to live in struggle. And one thing you might want to know is that I don't have any judgment. Nobody can tell me something that I haven't heard. I don't care what walk of life you come from. I don't care what you've experienced. And I don't really care what you've done wrong. But what I do care about is releasing a belief that you can't change. What I do care about is empowering your soul so that you can take action in your life. That I do care about. Mm-hmm. This is why when I, I, I just, we connected. I loved you when I first, uh, you know, mentioned like talking and we connected. My brother was there. And we just had, because you're so real. You come from this place it's so authentic (laughs) genuine oh my gosh it's great um what's the best way for people to get in contact with you lisa you can go to my website lisa thomas energy healing Mm -hmm. and there's a 15 minute consultation you can sign up for that i uh just if uh finances are a struggle do 
my meditations, you can reach out to me and I'll tell you what in that consultation what I think would be best for you. There are many things that are not on my website that I might recommend that's not on my website, okay? Mm -hmm. If you want to work with me one-on-one, I only sell programs. I don't sell one-off sessions because you need to be with me more than once. Okay. Mm-hmm. If uh, anyway, so and then I'll 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 tell you if I'm the right fit for you or not. And then come September, if I'm not the right fit, I'll have people to refer you to <laughs> that are doing a certification program. Oh, yeah, that, it's incredible. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. Uh, Lisa, it, we're at the end of the show. How, how did this happen? I can't believe it. It's, it's like I don't know. It goes went, went by like that. It goes by so fast. Yeah, it um, did. And we're gonna have you ha- have to have you back on because I know we can go even deeper yeah. into some of this stuff. We if could. you would love to join, you know, we'll figure mm-hmm. out maybe after like September, maybe right after your okay. the book and everything or the new program. Okay, um, both. Because I think it would be fantastic uh, to have you okay. on again. Um, I always ask again. First of all, audience, thank you so much for tuning in. I know this. I can't yes. believe how how rich this show was today. I hope you enjoyed it. And thank you, KUHS Denver Studios here in Denver. KUHS Denver, thank you, Henry, everybody here at the station for all the work that you do and for helping out and providing a platform for the council to broadcast from. Uh, Without you, the council wouldn't even exist. And so thank you, Um, Henry. Thank you, KUHS. And all that. we've got immense talent here. Great DJ, VDJs and program hosts and uh, musical specialists. We've got incredible broadcasting. We're the number one uh, uh, streamlined uh, radio DV, uh, station here in Colorado, and, and we're, we're competing with the best. And we're doing uh, here in Denver, all across the nation, all across the world. I mean, this show, like I said, is being listened to by people from over 40 different countries. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. It's really been an honor and a privilege. Lisa, to get in contact with Lisa, it's at www.lisathomasenergyhealing.com. Again, that's lisathomasenergyhealing.com. Lisa, if you could give us, I always ask all my guests before we close out the show, uh, to give us one bit of advice. If you could give one piece of advice, one bit of wisdom from your life experience, what would it be? I would tell you to be true to yourself, to listen to your promptings and take action in your life. But you have to be true to yourself first or nothing else will fall into place. (laughs) That's great. It's really great. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate you very much. Uh, wish you all the very best. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. We got an, or no, three weeks after the Fourth of July weekend. We got another great guest coming on on the twelfth. Then we've got a special remote uh, show that we're going to be doing in Italy. My brother's getting married in Italy. We're going to be celebrating Italian culture and the people in Molise and all kinds. Of, it's going to be a fun show. And uh, so tune in to the 19th. It's going to be great. Folks, thank you so much. May you all be well. May you all be free of suffering. May you all be whole. The council is adjourned. See you in a few weeks.
Great show. Hold on just a sec.